Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm Rachel True. And I'm Trent Venegas. And you're listening to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. The 100-day podcast that celebrates what would have been the 100th birthday of the man that created Star Trek. Each day between now and the end of our podcast, August 19th, one of Star Trek's biggest icons, or celebrity fans, or both, will be quoting Gene Roddenberry. Then we're going to take a deep dive into why we think this sci-fi legend still has a lot to say to the world. is read by Stargate actor Chris Judge. As humanity reaches out into space, we will acquire knowledge we cannot conceive of now. Welcome back to another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. And Chris read the hell out of that quote. His voice, oh, I mean, I I actually clutched my chest right here because I'm like, oh my God, I love hearing him read this quote. Welcome back to another episode and welcome back, William Matthews, who is our guest host this week, singer, songwriter, artist, and advocate. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. So uh, Chris Judge read this quote really, really eloquently. What resonates with you uh, when you hear this quote? Yeah, I, I think about space exploration. Honestly, I just think about what is it out there that is part of us. You know, they say that we are made of stars. We are made of yes. of, of the bits of, of the cosmos, right? On a molecular level. And I'm going, well, there's more of us out there. <laughs> you know, there's or there's more that is is a part of us. And and just on a practical level, I mean, we know the universe is abundant, which means that maybe there are things out there that can help us solve problems here. You know, mm-hmm. maybe there's 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 chemicals or there's things on other planets that can actually be of benefit and use to us. And so this quote to me really is about humanity reaching out because we know that part of who we are is out there. It's here, but it's also there. I love your take on that, because what I've noticed in today's, uh, well, you know, the news cycle going on these days is um, they've released all the documents or a lot, not all. They've released a lot of documents about aliens, right? Perhaps Mm -hmm. being sighted here and coming here. And the other thing I've noticed, though, is in the last 10 years, any movie about an alien, the alien is hideous, mean, terrible, evil, and sent here to completely and utterly annihilate and decimate earth and that's interesting because it's almost setting us up when you when we talk about art and what it what it does for the masses is it's almost setting it up to say uh it's gonna be bad you guys it's gonna be real bad i don't know if it's gonna be real bad or not because i vacillate i think we're the bad ones sometimes you know or or that the aliens are flying over us going they're still bickering over uh skin color no 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 we we're not talking to them yet um but i love the optimism again in the quote it's saying you know reach out into space and we will acquire knowledge and it's not just saying things and uh diamonds like because we'll find a planet made of diamonds right and then diamonds will be devalued (laughs) or whatever but right now he's saying 
we can't even conceive of it. And that is exciting to me. Although I'm going to say Chris Judge made me a little scared the way he read it. He made it sound a little <laughs> ominous. <laughs> you know, and to your point, Rachel, about a lot of sci-fi does set up the alien visitor as adversarial. This is another reason why I will like look to Star Trek, where they set the alien up as our friend or someone to learn from. And it just it just it's just a much more hopeful way of seeing the future. Whereas on the one hand, if we have these quote unquote horror movies that are scaring us into being afraid of aliens, Star Trek is trying to get us ready for the bounty, the the things that we can uh, that will benefit us and them by cooperation. So uh, introducing the, the concept of space aliens as our friends, I think works great in counterpoint to those other sci-fi stories where they set up the aliens as the adversaries. Because they play into our worst impulses, those yes. those films and movies, and right, rather than simply, hey, good things can actually happen. And I think that was Gene's point and everything, right? Like, why are we always looking to the negative here? There are good things in space. There are good things about us. And when I look at this quote and I'm going, what, okay, what is this knowledge, right? And and yes, aliens, right? I think that's li- extraterrestrial life is an important question. Yeah. But even f- what's the commonality between us and them? The commonality would be, how do we get here? What is this place, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the knowledge that we're seeking even for all of us. So we have a we have a commonality in the cosmos. If there are, and I believe there are, extraterrestrials out there, they're asking the same questions we are. <laughs> They've got to be. Mm-hmm. That's such a good point. We always think about what we're going to do. We never think about, like, what are they thinking as they're approaching this new weird yeah. planet? <laughs> you know, I've exactly. mentioned this before. Like, uh, the prime directive in Star Trek is that uh, the Federation does not interfere with pre-warp civilizations so as not to affect their natural evolution. So we don't want to introduce our technology, and this is in the future, our future technology to lower, uh, less evolved life forms. I think that maybe that that there are there's extraterrestrial life out there that probably has that same prime directive that we are not ready yet they're they're looking <laughs> down on us being like nope they're not ready yet they are not ready to deal with the realities of what interstellar community is like so we're gonna pass on by and we'll catch you in a hundred years waiting for like, them to get out of the bronze age on in, in, <laughs> yeah. in, America, yeah. in the world <laughs> yeah It's a great quote, though, because, again, it says there's so much more, you know, because I felt like in this tech revolution, I remember in the 90s going, oh, my God, look at all this stuff. And yet Mm -hmm. we are still in the infancy, right? The bare, if you ask me, we're in the bare bones infancy of what? will be yeah. conceivable the internet is a baby <laughs> we think of it yeah. as some mature adult but it it really is a baby and and how we parent it how we regulate it how we develop it across the planet right creating the the actual infrastructure for this will speak a lot like to our value system right yeah. of like having equal access of information for all people on the planet no matter what your race class gender is right like that should be one of our first priorities instead of just again going into, you know, the capitalistic framework and monetizing it all and right and creating these these superstructures around exploitation, we should be actually looking for ways in which we can share human human knowledge just within ourselves well, first. On a base level, uh, uh, springboarding off what you said, did anyone see that? I think it was Norway just uh, said it's going to be illegal for influencers to Photoshop 
themselves yeah. or the image. And I think it's specifically for adverts when they're pushing right. products. But Or if they do, they have to say right. that it is a bit You can edit photo. it, but you have to say that it's done. And yeah. I quite like that because I do think there's this false idea of what people look like right now and what you should be and this this thing of perfection because as you said when people say you look young Rachel I always I'm like no I really don't you know what I mean because I'm a realist and and this isn't the truth you know where you're seeing the best version of me is is the God's Mm -hmm. honest truth you know and I think being able to admit that and strip it down because it's, you know, and it's not really per this quote, but sometimes I worry for the people today because I know when I was working on a TV show and I would come home and strip off the, the clipping hair and the lashes and the mm-hmm. things and look at myself afterwards, I felt real inadequate. I was like, oh, this is what I look like. Hmm. Mm. And I was an actor and an adult prepared for that. I don't know what that does to the psyche of an 18 year old, to be 100 percent honest. So, you know, I mean, it's all a part of a whole. And right now we're conceiving ourselves as perfect online. Right. Mm. When we're over photoshopping our images or filtering Mm -hmm. them. And um, it makes me wonder what we're going to do when we're in outer space. You know, it it tells me that we're not ready for outer space. Thank you. And again, there's no harm and no foul in putting up the best picture or touch it. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying when we start to buy into that as reality, then we're off base on getting to this future Gene speaks of. It's almost like a sidetrack. What is it called? Like uh, when you're playing a video game, it's like a side quest. You know, yeah, side it's, it's not the main goal is not to make ourselves the most beautiful thing. The main goal is to understand each other enough. So we I, th- I think at least so we have compassion and knowledge of each other and we can conceive how this person looks so different than me. But we're so the same. I, th- I think you raise such an interesting point. And to me, this is what sets Star Trek on a very different course from a lot of other sci fi is that it is dealing with the shadow self so much. And you guys have been talking about that a lot on this podcast. You know, a lot of sci-fi wants to bypass that. It doesn't want to talk about the inner work that we have to do in order to prepare ourselves to, to receive this knowledge, to receive the, like the, the thing that the cosmos is actually trying to tell us, you know? And, and I, I think that's kind of can be the rub sometimes. Like if I hear people that talk about, they don't like Star Trek and they don't know why, oftentimes it's because it forces them to look at themselves and it forces them to like get more philosophical, get self-reflective, actually, question what they believe think you know rather than just being spoon-fed you know here's what is perfection here's what how you should live or whatever i think star trek and gene you know in proxy right is is telling us that the more we we see ourselves truthfully and in reality as you're saying rachel then we'll we will be prepared to actually deal with these these greater and i always say to people you don't have to go spitzing your deep shadow secrets to everyone in fact you should be quite discerning a word they use in the Mm -hmm. bible discernment quite often um you should be discerning about who you share your your intricacies with right because you can have a friend who's great for hiking but that may not be the person you want to talk about these important things i mean or i'm coming from a hollywood perspective we're like yo no what how people can use (laughs) that stuff against you is all i'm saying so you want to share it with people who understand and have compassion for what you're talking about and don't throw it back at you at some other point, right? Because that's just going to make shame. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking to the last part of this quote, where uh, space exploration will unlock knowledge which we cannot conceive of now, I think about this pretty often. I watch a lot of Star Trek. I watch a lot of sci-fi. And I think about this often in that 
we as uh, human storytellers, we're conditioned to think about aliens as like green skin, antenna, maybe more eyes, maybe more hands. Like, and it's that's like the 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 prototype for alien, right? So a lot of our stories in in books, on the radio, in film, and in television, they kind of uh, circulate around those ideas of humanoid aliens. So when I think about the the part of the quote where it says where, where we cannot conceive of other things, so I tend to think of like, what if there's extraterrestrial life that is completely gaseous or <laughs> is completely made of light? What if alien life has try to communicate with us and we just don't have any concept of that it that it, it's actually a sentient thing that's trying to communicate with us or, or some, I just when I just get esoteric about like extraterrestrial life we tend to think about you know well we we hope it looks humanoid or it might look bug-like bug-like is you know bug aliens is another or uh, reptilian tro- reptilian we can only filter through the um, things we've seen so far e- and per exactly. this quote there are so many things we have that yet. we can't even conceive of correct i mean just go to a uh, look go to a zoo and look at some of the weirdness there right and i couldn't even mm-hmm. conceive there's a sea creature that looks like an alien that's where they got yes. the alien from it looks identical to the alien in the yep. movie aliens and i'm convinced that there is life at the bottom of the ocean which we cannot even reach because we haven't tried to explore the bottoms of the ocean we don't have the, that we don't exists have the right now yet, though that's why we want to go that deep but we don't have the science yet to really build a build an underground lab you know at the bottom bottom of the ocean we don't have that yet well, if we can build a lab that floats in the void of space, isn't it kind of similar or at least on the same scientific principles? I mean, like we we figured out how to get into space and yes. c- return and we figured out how to go in space and live for we haven't really, a long We have not figured how to live in live in space yet, though humans can be on a space station for up to a year i think and they but so why can't we test that here on earth the oceans right uh, cause, there because sir because we can't even find housing for the homeless when half the city well. apartments are empty so there you go i think it's, well it's political will like right incur <laughs> like moral courage and political will to say that this matters and this will actually help us maybe even solve some of these problems like you're mm-hmm. talking about rachel uh, right like yeah. that i think that actually that matters i too. think it all matters you know and anyway we're gonna wrap out on this quote but i want to just reiterate uh chris judge read it but i'm gonna read it one more time before we sign off as as humanity reaches out into space we will acquire knowledge which we cannot conceive of now and that's for anything tomorrow i'm going to learn something new and i'm not going to be in outer space right Mm -hmm. and i'm going to learn something i couldn't have conceived of so it's not just for outer, you know, the future or outer space, as we spoke about in this episode and other ones. It's about your inner space, too. Taking the time to explore your inner space. Maybe not just being so so quick to go, it's just the way I am. You know, I get it. Some things are just the way I am. But other things, it's the way I am, but I can shift it because I'm very... Um, attached to growing and trying to I just want to be mm. the, a better per, I want to be a better person when I leave than I was yeah. when I started yeah. me too William any final yeah. thoughts I I wholeheartedly agree with both of you I, I think that's kind of what unites us in this or a lot of Star Trek fans is that curiosity and that willingness to grow that willingness to see the other and not be afraid and and to know that there's so much more out there that we have yet to as Gene says conceive 
All right, you guys, if you want to see Chris judge, read the quote. Where do we send him, Trent? We send them to our official Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please check out this video because Chris is wearing a really great shirt and there's going to be a test. So please check out his shirt. And join us again tomorrow where William is our guest for one final time this week. One final time on Quoting Gene Roddenberry. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's quote. So tweet us. Post us, DM us, whatever. We're at Roddenberry on Twitter and Facebook and at Roddenberry Official on Instagram. Quoting Gene Roddenberry is a Roddenberry podcast hosted by me, Rachel True. And me, Trent Venegas. Producing are Claire Kramer and Kelsey Goldberg with executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Engineering and editing are provided by Elizabeth Joy Windham. And special thanks to all those who were kind enough to read a quote and give a voice to Gene Roddenberry's everlasting words. Live long and prosper. 